Okay, do you want to officially start? All right. You ready? It's very buxom. <laughs> Absurdly buxom. <laughs> Welcome to another absurdly buxom <laughs> episode of the Bowie Book Club. Um, I'm Christiane. Uh, I'm Craig. Oh, we're actually using that. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> We've had a uh, two-person book club for uh, some years, and uh, we read a lot of books. Yeah, yeah, or at least pretended to read them while getting drunk and gossiping. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. In honor of David Bowie and his inspirational list of 100 influential books, we got our act together, and we are reading through Bowie's list in no sensible order. In uh, mostly nonsensical order. And, and, and this book is a prime example of that. <laughs> and we're making wild speculation about what the Bowie... what. <laughs> <laughs> what the book meant to Bowie. And what Bowie meant to when he book. chose the book. <laughs> so uh, this is um, a particularly uh, interesting choice. Um, I think every now it's it's like the boy who cried wolf if we say this one was hard. Because yeah, yeah. a lot of them have been... T- I mean, Wyndham Lewis Blast was difficult. Yep, it was a yep. manifesto. The Bomberg catalog was differ- difficult because it was just an art catalog, but Octoberiana and the Russian underground kind of stands on its own. (laughs) Um, Do you want to take a crack at describing it? Um, So it's, it's, it's not the comic. I thought that it was the comic itself, but really it's kind of the story that Petra Sadecki paints of how he discovered Octobriana and the political pornography uh yeah the political pornography people group in in which is apparently a, a group of so the story essentially is that he discovered progressive this, political pornography group. right right ppp mm-hmm. um the story is he discovered this underground russian group of artists and dissidents who had drug and sex-fueled parties mm-hmm. and produced this absurdly um, over-the-top comic starring an absurdly buxom woman uh, named... Like Oct- this woman would fall over yeah, and like this break her back. Anatomically impossible, <laughs> um, which is nothing new to comic books. but No, <laughs> um, sadly. But these, in, these crazy, like super pulpy um, comic books that are for you know for what what they are are really technically well done yeah like adventure Uh, yeah adventure comics of this of this mostly naked heroine who who apparently fights oppression both communist and capitalist well and that's part of the petrosadecki description so he's just given a lecture in a university and you know the chain-smoking youth outside in the dark corner says Follow me. I'll show you the underground. And and they you know they walk all over town to the secret lair. Yeah, where there's like this drug, drug and sex party going on. And they're like, here's our comic book. And and my favorite part of the book was actually when uh, Sudeki is describing a few members of the PPP, and they're really compelling stories. Just these, you know, the the truck driver or the exotic dancer and just how did they get to here and and the stories of like how the comic was produced these artists do all this research and 
want to get every detail right and then they leave their art like in a secret location and it's picked up and you know 20 days later like exactly the right amount of comics show up right and they're read by the dissidents and then put back exactly in the right place and then they disappear again which is supposedly why they reached out to Sadeki like you can help us bring things in and out right, he was from Czechoslovakia yeah. visiting um and and the story is really compelling. I mean, it was supposedly based this this outrageous woman is based on this Mayan prophecy of the girl with the white face is coming from the sky and fire will burst from the ends of her fingers and they call her the Avenger and she is the mother of seven red stars. And and it's and it is like, you know, you can you can look at it as like she represents this sort of really um this idea of true freedom, like she can travel anywhere. She's very like supernaturally travel. Yeah. She can just fly anywhere and and be across the world at any moment. Like like a superhero, like the, like she's not bound by law. She doesn't have to get her passport stamped. She doesn't yeah. have to go through all this bureaucracy. Like she can cross borders, right? Which is something that Russians couldn't do, but Sadeki could. Mm -hmm. um, and also, she represents this sort of um, this really like romanticized idea of Western sexual freedom mm -hmm. um, where, you know, she's open about her sexuality. She, you know, she's very sexy in, in, in a sort of ludicrously um, exaggerated way. Um, yeah. <laughs> but which, which she talks about in the book is being like, you know, these isolated Russian dissidents who had no erotic or, or sexual art. Yeah, he's kind of trying to invent their own. Yeah, Sadeki mentions that in Soviet art, um, bodies are for work; they're healthy, and and sex is for procreation. And, and, and love consists of a strong arm around the shoulders, platonic <laughs> wanderings in the paradise of Soviet nature, a gazing into eyes and into the distance. <laughs> that, that sounds. I mean, that sounds all right. It's very dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, so. So the character supposedly captured all of these young dissidents' imaginations and and fueled this secret organization. Um, and he was responsible for bringing it to Western eyes and un, and sort of like mm -hmm. unwrapping this this mystery of of Soviet dissidents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I did, I was not skeptical. No, at I, all. I bought in this hook, line, I and sinker. I totally did too, yep. and that just makes me feel really gullible. Yeah, I feel, uh, uh, I feel really shamed, Christian, because <laughs> the big reveal <laughs> is, turns out, <laughs> based on the um, Czechoslovakian Wikipedia page for Petra Sadecki, he was actually a really famous magician. <laughs> In, in the sense that I, I think it's a bad translation of like, he was quite a liar. He was a con artist. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there is this great, uh, it says, uh, in the Czech Republic, Sadeki considered extremely controversial personality, an example of keen intelligence and awareness, at the same time, morally problematic. In he was other a, words. Yeah, <laughs> he was domineering and pathological. He was a proficient manipulator. Right. So it uh, turns out the real story is that he convinced this art studio in Czechoslovakia to produce um, what he said would be a very successful Western comic 
called Amazonia. Yeah, and it was based on this Mayan prophecy. Yeah. The Amazona, yeah. she was going to have these adventures and and travel everywhere and fight. So the story, uh, the storyline of the comic yeah. strip is still consistent. Yeah, but uh, what he basically did is he stole their art and fled to West Germany. Yeah. Um, and then concocted this sort of story about the people's progressive porn party porn porn ping pong something (laughs) ppp um uh progressive political pornography progressive pornographical progressive philatric never mind so he basically made the whole thing up and got an anti-communist publisher to to publish this book um under false pretenses yeah he couldn't get a publisher for a while until he drew the red star on her forehead and made her the fighter against the communist, you know, oppression. And, and then all of a sudden this book with his stories about meeting the underground and the very, now I feel so duped. Those stories that I loved about those characters. And, And reading back them again, you're like, Oh man, these like these these characters wouldn't pass in like a Patrick Swayze movie. No, they're so you know? saccharine. I feel like. Uh, apologies to Patrick Swayze fans. <laughs> but still, yeah, yeah. They're like so stereotypical. Like the, uh, you know, the truck driver with the heart of gold who smuggles, um, you know, who smuggles goods but only wants to write poetry. And the striptease artist who's like. Man, the uh, big heart of them all. Yeah, it, it's. It, I'm such a chump. Yeah. So uh, if, if you take nothing else away from this episode, that we are easily duped and my social security number is zero six. No, no, no. Let's just cut it off there. Let's just cut um, it off there. Uh, so, so we had this dark night of the soul that we'd been cheated. Um, but actually, so it was published in 1969 or 70? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the controversy came up right away. The artists who had drawn the illustrations sued Sadeki in West German court uh, for for stealing their art. Yeah. So, it so it was a huge hit apparently in Britain. Everybody read it. Everybody loved it. It was it was this great. There's this wonderful uh, image of of Billy Idol with a tattoo of Octobriana. And uh, it, it just, it sparked some kind of imagination about the, the revolution and, and the art that comes out of revolution, it, including uh, Bowie supposedly was on board to make a film that he wanted to, to produce about the Octobriana story um, based on his floor show uh, with Amanda Lear. So he, he saw this as like a vehicle for her that he wanted to produce. Just to bring it to, that it was popular enough it was going to have some kind of importance to his audience, um, but it didn't happen. So, and, and, and that's a question that came up for us is like, was Bowie duped too, you know? Because it, it, right. it's not just to make our, ourselves feel better. Well, Bowie <laughs> bought into it. But, it. but in one way, we did wonder whether it was... M- the ideas that were interesting about Octobriana 
and rebellion and art as rebellion and sex as rebellion were just more interesting than whether or not it was true. Yeah, it almost, it almost didn't matter. Like the myth of it was more interesting than than the reality. You know, the sort of kind of sorted, not sorted, but sort of not super interesting reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of Amazonia or Octobriana and the idea of these dissidents who produce this this comic strip you know that gets smuggled you know around while they're having wild debaucherous parties on on, and rolling around on copies of Pravda or whatever (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so I I think there's this point that, that we reach with a lot of art where you have to wonder okay does does the does the work itself does the creative work just have enough value to ignore the potential the potential ickiness, yeah. <laughs> ickiness ickiness of the creation <laughs> process and and in this case you know like the genealogy um i mean honestly in this case like i i think despite the obvious care put into the art you know like it is like good pulpy art like the um seems more like a fight for the money and fame. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it it's um I could see why on introduction to you like oh this is amazing but mm-hmm. you know with the backstory it's it's not as compelling as as I thought a couple of weeks ago when we first <laughs> read it. Um but then 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 the question is like well, you know, what did Bowie get out of it? Well, he was I mean clearly compelled by the Russian story. It was around the same so this was six, 70 1970 that this was published and yeah, the controversy yeah. was quite soon after but in 73 Bowie was returning from his uh, tour, tour Japan. in Japan yeah. and as we mentioned in the um songlines episode um he was terrified to fly so he didn't want to fly back home so he took the Trans-Siberian Railway as as you do across the country of this well the Soviet Union at the time, um, and there's some great photos of this trip where he's just like yeah these are amazing he's just Bowie like outrageous and all these just stares um, in in the Red Square and yeah. on the train and, and we found a couple of really good articles. Um, you know, with pictures and descriptions of like what it was like to be Bowie in in Russia at the time, you yeah. know, which is, you know, like fervently gray. Yeah. And I think it was a big creative uh, trigger for him. I mean, two years later, he was recording Station to Station, which there's some mention in his travels across Russia and his friend who traveled with him even titled his own memoir station to station traveling with David Bowie that going on this long long journey across the Soviet Union traveling station to station and and seeing this this country and and witnessing what was happening in the Soviet Union um was some influence on that next period for him and where he was listening to a lot of like uh starting to listen to a lot of Germanic like more moderate rock and, and it was starting to like in, influence his music. And he, I think he called station to station, like a plea to return to Russia I th- or sorry, return to Europe. 
Mm-hmm. So the idea of him coming back from Japan into Europe through Russia, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of makes, you know, that makes the title track, it kind of clicks with the, with the, you know, with the motif of the record, especially the, the title track. And he's, he's introducing this bizarre new character yeah, that yeah. he embodies. Um, so he, he, you know, he, he, he's dropped Ziggy Stardust, but he takes on this new character, the Thin White Duke who's this aristocratic, really decadent, sort of pre-World War II, Germanic, um, sort of uh, almost like like a character out of like a German expressionist film from the 20s, you know, all like sharp angles and, mm-hmm. and shadows and like cigarette smoke. Like shoulder pads out to there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't see it, but Christian actually extended her arms as, <laughs> to their full width. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's it's like Klaus Nomi's shoulder pads. T- totally, yeah, yeah. And we were talking about this before, and this is probably like stretching it, but like there's the idea that he is deeply inhabiting this character mm-hmm. in the same way that Sadeki, the con artist, had to deeply inhabit this totally fake story in order to kind of put it over on people. And whether or not Bowie sees it is that like it's a really great kind of visual trigger of like there's this funny story about Sadeki like getting caught like handcuffed and and he says that what was the <laughs> so he he gets arrested in in France um for i think for illegal illegally immigrating and they catch him and he's in handcuffs already and he says oh the 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 Czech uh, the Czech secret police arrested and like rapes me and because i'm such a political valuable yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, it kind of looks like you handcuffed yourself. And he's like, well, you know. Uh, oh, just, you got me. Yeah, you got me. I was just making that story up just to, to show you how bad communists are. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, I wonder how much of the, the charlatan, you know, that Sadeki appears to have been was assuming the Bowie knew about it. Mm-hmm. You know, how appealing that that idea. the Performing a role. Yeah. Creating a whole world that you have fabricated but doesn't mean it's any less valuable maybe right culturally and i could and i could see especially in the station the station thin white duke period where he was really like you know in this sort of coke haze and and was really like actually there's you want to read the quote this is a really good quote (laughs) so according to biographer david buckley um the los angeles based david bowie fueled by a quote astronomic cocaine habit and subsisting on a diet of peppers and milk. I want, I want to say an absurdly buxom. <laughs> yeah, absurdly <laughs> buxom, buxom cocaine, cocaine habit. habit and subsisting on a diet of peppers and milk spent much of 1975 to 76, quote, in a state of psychic terror. <laughs> Stories mostly from one interview, pieces of which were um, found into Playboy and Rolling Stone interviews circulated of the singer living in a house full of ancient Egyptian artifacts, burning black candles, seeing bodies fall past his window, having his semen stolen by witches. That's a real problem. (laughs) Receiving secret messages from the Rolling Stones. Also a problem. And living in morbid fear of fellow Aleister Crowley aficionado, Jimmy Page. Bowie would later say of LA, the fucking place should be wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, Just want to say that we do not share Bowie's view of that. Um, I've never been to LA, but uh, Christian assures me it's a wonderful place. You've never been to LA? No, I've never been to LA. Okay, we need to talk about that later. Okay, um, we'll save that for the after dark. 
<laughs> so, um, so I think like, you know, I think we ended up with a pretty good song for this, which obviously station to station. Um, but I did track down, um, which I'll post in the show notes, um, uh, some live tracks from Russia. Um, oh, of songs which are that awesome. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we actually do have a bunch of links to throw in the show notes, including a picture of Billy Idol with his <laughs> Octobriana tattoo. Yeah. Um, I, let's just say that anything we post in the show is probably not safe for work. <laughs> well, the, the Billy Idol, he's just giving you the, the curl lip stare. But that, see, some workplaces may, may not, may not truck with that. You got to be careful in this day and age. So, um, so yeah, there you go. You can, uh, you can read Octobriana at your own risk. Um, yeah. You know, and take it, you know, with a grain of salt. Um, if you like a whole well, a, bunch of salt. Yeah. Like a handful of salt. Um, if you like Flash Gordon, Tarzan, <laughs> Prince Valiant, you'll, you might appreciate the art. Um, if you're a fan of made up stories about Russian dissidents, you may enjoy the, the narrative. If you really like absurdly buxom women, this is right up your alley. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and giant uh, walruses? Oh, yeah, yeah. She fights a giant walrus yeah, giant, well, of all things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, with that image, <laughs> what uh, what's coming up next? Next is Confederacy of Dunces. Uh, interesting segue. Mm-hmm. I wonder how we came up with that. Oh, that's right. It was random. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, We the, just pointed to a number on the wall. Yeah. A southern, southern comedy, would you call it? Yeah, absurdist. Uh, okay, so th- there's the segue. It's uh, absurdly buxom. Oh, the- he is pretty buxom. Yeah, I guess, I guess the main character <laughs> is buxom in a different way. Yeah. Um, so we're continuing our trend of only featuring buxom material, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, I'm sorry, I, I really enjoy the word buxom. <laughs> <laughs> so Confederacy, uh, Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole. Mm-hmm. O'Toole. Well, O'Toole is coming up next. Um, very very funny book, if I remember right, from when we read it. Yeah, this is one of the few yeah. books that we have actually read in our 10 years in, of in book clubbing. Book club. <laughs> but uh, we were drunk, so we don't remember. And we just it. gossiped. Yeah, yeah. So I think I read it. Um, and we'll <laughs> read it again and report back to you in about a month. Yeah. And until then. You can find us on the Facebooks. At Boy Book Club. Yes. And the Twitters at Bowie Book Pod. At Bowie Book Pod. And the Tumblers at uh, Bowie we're tr- Book Podcast. We're trying to remember. The Links in the show notes. You can find <laughs> us a bunch of different places. But of course, everything's on the website at yep. BowieBookClub.com. Yep. And it would be great. Um, and we would really appreciate it. We would send you uh, buxom appreciations. If, <laughs> if you would uh, rate... And review us on iTunes. It helps other people find us. Um, it'd be great if you yelled things at us on Facebook. Well, not yelled things at us, but let you us know. You put it in all caps. Yeah, put it in all caps if you feel like it. This is America. It's not Soviet Russia. Because <laughs> in Soviet Russia, caps locks you. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> really sorry, guys. Anyway, we we love to talk to you about books or about Bowie, so uh, get us on the social medias, and we'll see you next time. Until then, I've been Christiane. And I've been Greg, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> that was my favorite.
Born in Poughkeepsie, and like we're not, I'm not sending people there. Apologies to people, <laughs> to my friends and family from Poughkeepsie. I, I imagine Bowie saying, "Like, oh, that year I spent in Poughkeepsie it was terrible. <laughs> we should burn it to the ground." <laughs> all that, God, all those disco fries I ate <laughs> in Poughkeepsie. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, I can't believe I said that. That's so dumb. It's the best. <laughs> That we should put on a button. <laughs> Caps locks you. <laughs>